All right, so our three pillars are identity, intimacy, and increase. And everything else flows underneath that. Our, our main mission uh, or vision statement, mission statement, whatever you want to talk about it, is that we are a family on mission. Uh, we're a family on mission to know God and make Him known. That's simple. Family on mission to know God and make Him known. And so everything flows out of identity, intimacy, and increase, and in that order. If you have increased intimacy and identity, then you, you'll always find something to replace your identity with, um, whether it's your profession, your job, your ministry, whatever you're doing in, in life. And so the, the absolute foundation is our, in who we are and who God is. It's the, abs, it, it's the absolute foundation. And that because if, it, if our main purpose in life is the increase of his kingdom, which is awesome, then evangelism can become just another beautiful expression of religion. So, so can worship. I mean, you can worship worship. You can worship, you know, uh, evangelism. You can worship the Bi- like the Bible and it's... it's if it's about what we do, then if those things aren't going well, or there's things that are happening in our life that are not are not succeeding, or we're not getting the um, the fix of what we need, then then it will it it just doesn't end well. It just doesn't end well. But doing things isn't evil. It's not wrong. It's out of the motive of, of why we do them. And so uh, for so long in the world system, it's do. To get our identity, and then and then we're accepted. Whereas in the kingdom of God, we're accepted, which gives us our identity, and then out of that, we we know God and we do what we do. It's the other way around. And so, um, really quickly, I'm going to just talk through each three of these in, in sort of ten minute blocks. But our identity is that you and I now are the righteousness of God in Christ. That we are we are not sinners; we're saints. We're not in the development of, of behavior modification. We're in the discovery of who Jesus has made us to be. And that's the difference. So often Christianity has been placed as a development, and it's, it's a, actually a discovery. It's called, I was saying, sharing this with Danny on the, on the weekend, it's the good news. It's not the good something might happen. Or if it's it's news because it's already taken place. They report the news in the newspaper and on the channel on the channel nine or channel ten because something happened yesterday and now we're gonna report about it. And you and I have been brought into the good news of Jesus. It's it's something has taken place already. He he said on the cross, it is finished. He didn't say to be continued. It's done. What he accomplished on the cross was enough. He's not coming back a second time to deal with sin. He did. He dealt with it rightly the first time. And there was this plague in the world that was causing havoc and causing, um, uh, you know, division between us and God. And Jesus had to pay for. Jesus paid for that on the cross. 
in Hebrews 9.28 says that Jesus is not returning a second time to deal with sin. Because he dealt with it the first time. Romans 6.11, if you've got your Bibles, turn there with me. And this is, I know a lot of you have heard this before, but this is just really good repeat. Verse 9, Romans 6, 9, we'll start there. It says, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Listen to that. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That tells me it's not in your mortal body. What did John say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Christianity is not trying to get the sin out. Christianity is discovering who you've been created to be and then behaving correctly. Grace, people often have said grace is unmerited favour, which it is that. Unmerited favour being we didn't deserve it and we got grace, which we all, we're all in that boat. We were all in that boat. Jesus grew in favour and stature with God and man. And the same word can be used, Jesus grew in grace with favour and stature with God and man. Jesus was perfect. He didn't need unmerited favour. So what is grace as well? Grace is the empowerment for us to live out the life that Jesus has called us to live. So now now our identity in God is not about trying to get more darkness out and trying to get more light in our, our our relationship with God now is discovering who he has called me to be who he has called me that I've died to Adam and I'm alive to God that I died with Christ with Christ and my old nature my old sinful nature has been buried with Jesus on the cross and he took away the sin that was so tormenting every single one of us and he replaced it with his Holy Spirit that's the good news. That's the gospel. And so it's so scandalous, it's so ridiculously good that even today Christians are like, is it really that good? Is it really? It's like, yeah, it really actually is that good. Galatians 5 says this. Um, we know this, this, um, this passage about walking by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law." And those who belong to Christ Jesus, who's that? Us. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Are crucifying or have crucified? Wow. 
If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Wow. That's amazing. There's nowhere in Scripture where it's Paul. What? Who does he refer to um, the, the Ephesian church, the Corinthian church? Does he refer to them as sinners or saints? Man, I actually long for the day that that phrase, sinners saved by grace, is eradicated from our language. We were sinners, all of us, absolutely. But if there's something that you and I could possibly do to make us more righteous, then I think there's a word for that. It's called self-righteousness. That's the beauty. It's like, look at how much he's done, and now I look like my father. As 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are you in this world. In this world. So we can clearly look into a mirror now and actually like what we see. That's the discovery. That's the the journey. That's the the um, that's the like. So people often have used sanctification. It's just a fancy word, um, but it, the analogy people are like, oh, that's me becoming more like Christ. No, no, no. You are fully like Christ right now. You're discovering who you've become. And the sanctification is the outworking of that. It's like this. I can't be a husband unless I'm married. I can't be sanctified. I can't do sanctification unless I'm sanctified. Hebrews 10, 14, I think it is, it says that, um, uh, that we have been sanctified. Have been. How do you keep, it says, keep your, um, your body, your soul, and spirit blameless. How do you keep it blameless unless it's already completely pure? You can't keep it blameless. You, can't, you and I can't do anything to, to make ourselves more holy and more righteous. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. It was all done by him. And we just accept it as a free gift of grace. By faith through grace, we've been saved. Oh, so good. So that's our identity. Our identity in Christ now is we're a son of God. We are born again. Born again. That's what we're called. We're called born again Christians. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So we're born again. We're not born again from sin in sin. We're born again in sin and out of sin. Jesus didn't save us in our sin. He saved us from it. He removed sin. He removed the issue. A biblical um, principle that is often used in, in Bible colleges and that is just a really handy one to, to, to take note of is always the first mention of Scripture or the first, um, first uh, uh, evidence of, of a topic and why, that's, why is it or how is it the first time that it's mentioned. And so the first time that it's mentioned, sin, it's outside. It was never an internal problem. It was an external issue. Adam and Eve. And then in Genesis 4, it says that sin is crouching at the door, seeking whom it shall devour. Oh, come on, this is so good. <laughs> it's liberating because 
It's liberating because we can now boldly approach God, not thinking, oh, I've got it. I've got like that. He just, God's just so disgusted at me and he doesn't even like me. And he's, he's just not well pleased with me. And I did this wrong on Saturday. And he's, it's, it's like, no, no. It's like, yeah. I'm, and I'm not preaching like sinless perfection here. We, you can still sit, you can still do some bad stuff, but the problem, the point is, your nature's pure and holy. My, Charlotte could go and murder someone; she's still my child. That doesn't change the fact that she's my child. And so, it, it, it's not a license to sin and get away with it. It's the reason that we can live free, and we can now come boldly into our intimacy with God and we can actually look in a mirror and go oh he likes me he likes who I am he loves me and he's pruning me and he's growing me and he you know if if I'm still thinking the same and talking the same in 10 years time then something's not right you know as a children as children we we you know we should be able to grow up and grow into but I'm not, the difference is I'm not becoming more a human being. The moment I'm born, I'm a human being. And the moment I'm born again, I'm fully born again. I'm just now learning how to mature in my born againness. That's not a correct word, but we're going with it. And so now that's my identity. And now I can freely know God because that's eternal life. Eternity is written on the hearts of men. This is eternal life, John 17, 3, that we would know God. This is eternal life, that we would know the Father. And so now we can intimately come before Him and we can know Him individually and corporately. We get to know His voice. We get to know His presence. We get to know His ways. We get to know His heartbeat. We get to know Him as a good Father. That Jesus has settled the issue of what God's like once and for all. Hebrews 1 says that in the last days you heard it through the, through the prophets, but in these days you've I've been revealed through the through my son Jesus. Colossians says that he's the visible image of the invisible God. The mystery's been revealed. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. The mystery's done. It, if you want to know what God's like, look at the Son. He is the exact representation of the Father. Exact. He is. He's the exact. It says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did you know it actually says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That verse doesn't say God's the same yesterday, today, forever. It says Jesus is. That's really important because Jesus has revealed the Father. I'm not saying God's different, but He has revealed what Father God is is truly like. I don't have time to go into covenants, but one day I'm going to do a whole, I don't know, probably be like a 12-part series on covenants because it's profound. Um, really simply and really quickly, I'm the same person. I'm Liam. The way I relate to my wife is different than I relate to Danny. Thank the Lord. Why? Because I have a covenant agreement with my wife. I'm still the same, but the agreement and the covenant I have that I have with my, my wife, it, it means the, the relationship is different. And God had covenant agreements with 
with Moses and the Jewish people in that time that actually caused the way they look and respond to God. You know, he goes up, he wanted to give everyone the, you know, the Spirit of God, and they're like, no, nah, send Moses. You know, and then Moses goes up and they come down. They've been 40 days and they're building a calf, a golden calf, and they're, they're you know, having orgies. And it's just like 40 days after he's led them out of, out of Egypt. And they're like, their perception of God was Pharaoh. That's all they'd known their whole life was he's God. That's our perception. Now we have this new God. And what's he like? And so they project what Pharaoh's like onto God. And they're like building golden calves. And they're like, their responses are just crazy. And so much so that God's like, stuff this. I'm just going to kill them all because I'm done with this. And Moses is like, no, no, God, do you remember they're your people who you brought out of Egypt? <laughs> do you know, you know, like you're the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Do you remember, do you remember all this, God? <laughs> and I love that because... And then God's like, all right, well, you guys go. And then Moses is like, no, we're not going anywhere unless you're coming with us. I love that when we get covenantal um, understanding of this, we start to realize that God is so interested in relationship. He's so interested in this. The greatest thing you and I can do is know God. The second greatest thing is we can be known by God you're like Liam he knows everything about me yeah I know but he wants to know you he doesn't enforce himself into your life he invites he's like hey I'm waiting for an invitation anyone here own a rental does anyone have a rental property oh either rent a rental rent a rental awesome the landlord can't come over and just barge in there's a covenantal agreement that he has to knock on the door and ask for permission to be invited in. The same is with God. There's a covenantal agreement that he's like, I, he wants to be invited in and be known by us and we know him. He's, he doesn't enforce his way in. He's like knocking at the door and now righteousness, all that is, all of this is, is the doorway to the bedroom with God. It's the doorway into our closet, into our quiet time with the Lord. Without righteousness, there's no doorway. There's no way you and I can enter. We can, hey, Jay, how are you, mate? Um, just come for the food? No, no. <laughs> I love Jay. So the only way we're in now is through righteousness. That's all righteousness is. We don't stop at the doorway and go, Woo! I know God. You know, I do have this healthy fear, I think, in, in, in what I would say is not, not a new message. It's been around since Paul um, and, and Jesus. But I have a healthy fear that we... I don't want to do is create a culture where we can claim righteousness with our mouth but still look like the rest of the world it's like oh that's a bummer you know are we going to make mistakes yeah are there going to be things that happen yeah I'm, I'm not yes but we're supposed to look different we're, we're supposed to love the world but we're not of the world 
And I really believe God is looking for a people who would who would model that. Who would do you know that it says that we can walk in the same manner as Jesus walked? That's in the Bible. Ah that means we can walk in the purity of Jesus and it means we can walk in the miraculous of Jesus in the same manner. That's frighteningly provocative, but it's true because it's what's in here. It says, greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. The only way you and I get an inheritance is if someone dies. It's the only way something grows if something dies, something falls in the ground, the seed dies and it bears much fruit. Oh yeah, we got slides. <laughs> I forgot about them. So look at this. So there's no black, there's no grey area now. There's no like, this is awesome. In Adam we were dark, now in Christ we're light. We were goats, now we're sheep. We're old, we're new. We were sinner, now we're saints. We were unholy, now holy. We're condemned, now we're blameless. We're in the domain of darkness, now we're in the kingdom of light. We were a sinner in darkness, now we're a saint in light. We were unrighteous, now we're righteous. Do you want to go to the next, next one? We were lost, now we're found. We were impure, now we're pure. We were unregenerated, now we're regenerated. By nature of child of wrath, now we're a partaker of the divine nature. We're dead to sin, now we're alive in Christ. We're in the flesh, now we're in the spirit, reconciled to God. Captive in sin, free from sin. Perverted, now we're perfect. Separated, joined in one spirit to Jesus. Man, that's that's the Bible. That's in Scripture. So there's no ambiguity. There's no grey area. of, of, of It's like really clear now that we've had a circumcision of our heart. People often say, well, Liam, how can I know my heart? It's, it's you know, it's, pure, it's evil above all things. Just read two more verses, chapters later. Because in Jeremiah, he, he says, I'm going to give you a new heart. Just like a couple of chapters later, it's like, oh, that thing that about the heart, I'm going to give you a new one. No longer will you have a heart of stone, you'll have a heart of flesh. That's awesome. And it's, it's profound because what it does is that verse in 1 Peter there where it says now we've partakers or 2 Peter 1 4 it says we're now partakers of the divine nature now we can be a generation that knows God now we can actually confidently look at people and go I know God you might not know everything about him but in terms of like we're not we're not God I'm not saying that thank the Lord we're not God like Praise God, like He's the Lord of our life. He's the Lord. You know, if He says, Hey, Liam needs to do handstands on Wednesdays to, you know, whatever, I'll do handstands on Wednesdays because He's Lord. You know, but, but we get to partake now of the divine nature of God. I mean, that's profound. We get to become intimate with the One, we get to know Him, we get to enter His presence boldly and freely. We get to become face to face with our Father and and just get intimate with God. And this this has changed so many people that this this message. And like I said, it's not a new message. This has been around for for a long time. But um, oh man, my shoe just came off. Alright, that's better.
my heart's cry is that our children wouldn't, and I mean this for everyone, that our children, I don't want Charlotte to know me through Danny. I want Charlie to know me because she has a really good relationship with me and I have a really good relationship with her. I don't... Danny is a part of the family. She's going to get to know a side of God through Danny. She's going to get to know a side of God through Sam, through Dave. That's that's relational journey that God is... Do you know God is a relationship? He doesn't have a relationship. He is relationship. He had the Father. He had the Son. He has the Holy Spirit. He's a relationship. He didn't create us so we could be workers in his factory he created he created us to know us i mean that wisdom blows my mind hey like when i think about that i'm like my brain hurts it starts to really hurt but i'm like he created us not so we could be busy on planet earth um he created us first and foremost to know him and be known by him he created us for intimacy with him and then out of that, we express we express whatever it is that God puts in our heart to, to increase. Isaiah 9.7 says that the increase of his government and his kingdom, there will be no end. I didn't have time and I, I, um, I, didn't, I didn't know where to look, to be honest. But uh, Lyndall, who's a girl from Darwin and, and she's part of Youth for Christ, she did this incredible message at the Jesus School on the all the different things right now in our planet that are actually increasing and are better. Amazing, profound, like child um, baby death rates that have dropped. Like, do you remember what the, it was like? A seventy percent or something ridiculously crazy since in the last eighty years of the infant rates that have dropped. Things like this that have just gotten our planet, um, things that have gotten better on our planet, things that have gotten better in our culture and in our society, things that have just gotten better in our education and our, you know, different. And there's a hot, yeah, I, I know there's stuff going wrong too. I'm not ignorant. We're not ignorant um, to things that are not, are not right. But it was, it was highlighting that the increase of his government, there will be no end. That even in the, it doesn't take a prophet to realize that there's a valley of dry bones. It takes a prophet to look at that situation and go, I can call that thing into, the, into life. And so the, the increase of his government, the, so identity, intimacy, so we know who we are, we know whose we are, we get into our quiet time with the Lord and we just get to know, the, know him. And I just want to be real and honest, there's no shortcuts to that. There's no shortcuts to knowing God. There's no secret potion. There's no like, oh, here's the magic formula, here's the four-step intimacy program. It's like, no, just get to know him. Like, you're like, well, what's he like? Oh, we have this incredible book. That's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. It's incredible. He wrote it down. He's a genius. He's, a, he's brilliant. I mean, it's incredible. It's still the number one seller. There's more books in the world being written about this book than any other thing in history. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so it's like, know Him. Know Him spirit. Know Him word. Know Him truth. If you're like, I don't know where to start, grab some people. Let iron sharpen iron. And then there's the increase. 
And then there's the increase. And out of that, we do what we do. And this is where God has put things on, on your heart. God has put things on, on, on our hearts to, to, to run, to go, to be not just a family that sits, but to go. It's the, it's the goal of the gospel. And that we wouldn't just be puffed up Christians who are, you know, look shredded and bulky and you know but we'd actually we'd actually do something with what god's given us and put in our hands that we'd be faithful with the little and then you'll i mean i love that passage where he talks about you know if you're faithful with one talent i'll entrust you with 10 cities it's like man give me 50 radical laid down lovers of jesus and we can change a city I mean, we don't, we, it's like we don't need 10,000. Oh, you know, hey, if there's more people saved than in the kingdom, I'll take them. <laughs> you know, people often are like, Liam, it's not about bums on seats. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's not about bums on seats. But if more people are coming into the kingdom of God, then I'm all for those bums on the seats. You know my heart on that, don't you? It's, it's not about the bums on seats. It's about God transforming lives and us transforming our city and our region, our spheres of influence. And, you know, you guys know what I mean by spheres of influence, wherever God's placed you in that season. That might change. You know, that seasons change. Seasons sometimes, you know, like what Jalil's doing with Street Peace and, you know, that that's awesome. What Maddie's doing and... You know, I'm hearing stories from Kimmy at his work all the time and just some of the stories that you guys are uh, sharing and, and bringing in testimonies. It's just amazing of what God's doing. Simon and I, we were talking about that at our elders meeting. It's like, man, the testimonies that are coming. I mean, one of my highlights is I love the fact that people are being born again and they don't come here. I love that. I just love that because to me it's we're being light in the world around us. That that you and I are being salt, light, and leaven. What does salt do to our society? Gives it flavour. I'm just gonna have a mint. That's flavour. We're not salty. Thank God. You and I are salt and we're light. What does light do? Illuminates darkness. I love this. Put your fist out. There's darkness in your fist right now. Just release the darkness into a lit up room. How much effect did that have on the light? None. The only way the devil can get you to, to snuff out your light is for you to snuff it out. He's a created being. He's not the opposite of God. He can't do anything unless we give him that authority and that power. I, I'm in, I can be intense. I'm relaxed, but I can be intense. I, I, I lock into something. If I'm like, that's the goal, I'm locked in. I think it just comes from my soccer days. I'm like, I'm just zoned in on, on, on whatever it is. We get one shot at this. 
I'm relaxed. I'm chilled. I like having fun. I like having a good time. I'm pretty. I'm pretty relaxed. But there's also something that we're born. We're created here to do. We're not here just to sit around singing kumbaya and feel good about ourselves. We're supposed to die to ourselves and release the light to a dying world. Man, the world needs Jesus. The world is is longing for a king like Jesus. They need Jesus. They need him. They're, they're, I was sitting in the bank the other day. At, at, well, I had to do some stuff for Centrelink. And I was in the bank. And this guy's just like, yeah, I don't know about God. He's just, just talking. He just comes in and he's like, I don't know about God. I don't know about Jesus. He's like, anyone can just, whatever religion you like, you just go for it. You know, it's all good as long as you're happy. And um, he's just chatting away. And he's, he's a beautiful old man. And he's just chatting away and chatting away. And he's like, hey, God bless you to the next person. I'm like, oh, man, you're so confused. He's like, <laughs> and so I just got to share with him. I sat down and just got to, I was like, actually, there's only one way to God. And I just got to share with him and just, he's, you know, and he just listened and we just had this beautiful chat and, and uh, beautiful conversation and he listened and I listened to him and I got to know him and, and um, but man, the, the world, do you know there's two fathers in this world and they both want their kids to look like them. There's the father of lies and he wants kids to look like him. And then there's Father God and we do all look like him. We know it. Other people don't. That's it. There's two fathers. There's two, two ways of thinking. There's the demonic way of thinking or the kingdom way of thinking. It's very simple. And we've been given this kingdom. Jesus said, go and preach the kingdom. Go and pray for the sick. Go and lay hands on the sick. Go and say the kingdom of God is at hand. Go and serve humanity. Go and love the world. And I believe it. I believe he wants to entrust the world to people who love not the world. Because we won't get manipulated and twisted by it, but we will love it. Jesus was able to do it. He was able to come to the sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and not count their sins against them. And that's the ministry you and I have been given, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're a new creation. The old is gone, new has come. We've now been given the ministry of reconciliation, not counting people's trespasses against them. So you might be like, how's that? How is that like our vision? <laughs> well, if I, if I was to share a bunch of have-tos and things that we're like, I mean, we're, we're dreaming. We had a great meeting the other day. We talked about um, um, like do, doing stuff like Andrew came up with this brilliant, I don't know if he came up with it or someone, another church does it, but um, Servolution that one, you know maybe once a term or something, we as a church would actually just serve our community. And go out and preach the God as a church. So we would just not have a Sunday morning. We just go out into the community, um, you know, do backyard blitzes, put out, get our hands dirty, preach on the streets, whatever it is, whatever we we're feeling uh, led to on that time or whatever's going on, and that we would we would actually have that as a community that we do relationship really well, but we'd also have these things that are that are being birthed in people's hearts and people's. Um, 
in people's lives and people's imaginations and and things like that that we we want to we want to as a leadership team as a as a church um we don't want to be the ones that are just like hey here's an idea and now you all have to do it um that that we actually learn how to do relational revival together and that we actually learn that um that doesn't mean that we're always going to do everything i have ideas all the time and then our, lead, our elders and our leaders are like, yeah, great idea. Let's just shelve that, you know. Like, <laughs> so it's 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 learning that we've we're our we're our own individual, but we're also a part of a body. And we're also part of a family, and that family, this tribe, is just called Glory City. And so, but but what I don't want to I don't want to create this culture where it's twenty percent of people doing eighty percent of the work. I just believe it should be a hundred percent of people doing a hundred percent of the work. I just believe that, and um, because because what happens if we if we throw up all these ideas and thoughts and then go okay everyone start to serve them then we get our we get our relationship with God from them and then out of that we get our identity and we're like well I'm on the worship team and I'm on the kids team and I'm on this team and this is my relationship with God and my relationship with God's goods now because I'm serving in the church and like this is I'm in an amazing place none of those things are evil none of the uh, we yes to all of those things but do we we're not doing them out of a place of our identity so that's why it has to be the other way around it has to be identity intimacy and then we do whatever it is that god's calling us to do does that make sense all right i'm starving for food amen